0: I'm Matt Curtis, founder of Smart City Policy Group. Our team of former policymakers works on bridging the divide between the innovation economy and government. This chat brings together discussions with local leaders, innovators, and stakeholders while we all try to highlight solutions that work. The world is changing, and new ideas are coming to communities every day. Let's highlight the solutions and the best practices, and let's hear what works for local leaders. Here now are smart city policy stories. Thanks everyone for joining us. This is another smart city policy story. We have a great discussion today. uh, The former mayor of Miami, such a spectacular town, former mayor Manny Diaz is with us. We're going to talk a little bit about how he helped transform that great city and maybe get into a little bit about his book, Miami Transformed, which uh, you can still find online. Mayor Diaz, how are you doing? Doing great, Matt. Thanks for the invitation. Good to oh, see you. Oh, great. Man. Thank you. It's good to see you. So Miami really is a great town. And one of the great stories when reading about, uh, when reading Miami Transformed or reading about your history with Miami is about the talent pool. And you've got this incredible history, you yourself, and then so many people uh, who live and who've grown up in Miami uh, have brought so many so many great attributes uh, to that city. It's so diverse. It's so with so many great stories, talk to us a little bit about the great talent that you find in the city.
1: And 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 uh, you know, as a corollary to, to that, I mean, one of the one of the concerns that I always uh, that I always had was that we were losing a lot of that talent, you know, brain drain. And and uh, you know, people were, you know, like a lot of my a lot of my colleagues that were, you know, going up to the northeast to study or uh, or, or Midwest or, or somewhere, and they and they were not coming back because they didn't find. Miami to provide the opportunities I mean when you spend some time in a, in a place like um, you know Chicago or New York or Boston you look back at your hometown and you go geez you know there are a lot of amenities here in a lot of ways that uh, that are intellectually challenging to me uh, that, that don't exist in Miami and, and so my my uh, that was before I decided to run and my, my pitch was always like yeah well it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if all of our talent you know moves out of town, <laughs> Then we then we won't develop those kinds of of, of uh, venues and, and, and places that uh, that, that you want to see in your city. So uh, when I when I uh, when I ran, obviously that was you know it was it was very you know it was it was a forward looking kind of campaign that we need to not only attract uh, people from out of town, but just even our own people, and you know make sure that that they don't leave. If they leave, they come back. Um, and so how do you do that? You know, how do you build uh, that infrastructure, um, the city infrastructure, if you will, uh, not just bricks and mortars? And, and I, you know, I've, uh, you know, based on my my own gut, based on reading a lot, because one of the things that I, you know, I, I've always done in my life is I, I always feel like I have to learn something every day. And so even while I was running, I was going on. Uh, you know, the web page for various cities and various mayors that I you know, read about during during uh, during my years and to look at see and, and see what what they had done. And after doing all that, I, you know, I, I, I sort of came down on on five principal areas, which I then we can talk about later if you like. I mean, I then sort of incorporated that into uh, my year as president of the Conference of Mayors in '8. Uh, when we put together an agenda for both um, then Senator Obama and Senator McCain, and participated and had them participate in forums that we held around the country, but essentially, you know, first and foremost, you know, economic opportunity, and economic opportunity is not just about dealing with poverty, but in, in the traditional sense, but also creating. Um, the climate of opportunity that that attacks the problem that included a whole series of of sub issues and sub categories, you know, from education uh, to homelessness, to small business. I mean, just a whole series of programs that ultimately, by the way, became a national model um, that was used by Mayor Bloomberg when he from something called the Cities for Financial Empowerment, where he's, they selected, you know, five cities initially uh, to try to combine what were the best um, uh, best practices of, of five cities uh, to develop a national model for a uh, Economic opportunity, poverty type program—not you know the traditional stuff that you know Washington had been doing doing for a long time—but you know to see what mayors were doing and what was working in their cities. So that was one area. The second area was, of course, you know public safety. Uh, you you know Miami had a reputation for not being safe, and it's difficult to get young families to move in. It's difficult to get the business sector to invest if they feel like the city is not safe. And so that's also at the top of the list. Uh, Infrastructure, you know, obviously it's very popular now with the American jobs plan and President Biden and the whole discussion that's taking place around the country. Uh, But, uh, you know, you need to, you need to make neighborhoods and cities are a compilation of neighborhoods and you need to make those neighborhoods desirable uh, for people to live in. And what does that mean? Well, you know, you can't, Everything from, you know, trash collection to the traditional pothole, uh, but but even fixing a median. You know, I I, I learned a lot from our, our colleagues, uh, Mayor Riley, for example, who, you know, I had the great pleasure to work with very closely at the mayors of uh, Institute Design, uh, City Design. Uh, and I walked around the streets of Charleston with him and saw how he's looking at, uh, you know, uh, you know, sidewalks and as a sidewalk chipped, you know, it needs to be fixed, call public works. But it's that attention to detail in the neighborhood and all neighborhoods that really begin to make those neighborhoods neighborhoods desirable. And if they're desirable, then people will want to one of the reasons they'll want to live there is because it's somebody cares. I mean, you know, mayors mayors can fly into a city and within half an hour determine whether someone is paying attention someone is applying tlc to their city and that's the way i you know that's the way i that's the way i, I governed uh, that's the kind of person i am um i mean if i'm walking down a sidewalk and there's a piece of paper i'll pick it up yeah you know I'll, I'll travel i'll travel i travel with my wife to paris for example and and she's taking pictures of the Louvre and I'm taking pictures of street furniture, you know, <laughs> you know a bus stop, an outdoor ashtray, you know, a bus shelter, the, the, the lights, you know, all those things. Uh, and she's like looking at me like I've gone nuts. But but those are those are the attention to details that I think make uh, a city uh, a city important. And that's part of the part of the infrastructure and parks and, and, and those kind of categories. Then, of course, the environment, you know, I mean, if you're not uh, and by the way, the environment to me, I had an aha moment, you know, sort of in the middle of my uh, of my uh, my term where. In, in 2005, when we started uh, responding to uh, the United States, our government's refusal to sign Kyoto, and then uh, Vice President Gore came out with Inconvenient Truth, it sort of put the whole, and many of us have, were already environmentalists, but we were environmentalists in the, in the sort of the traditional sense, but now it was tied into a much greater uh, issue in terms of climate change and saving the planet you know right. uh and and so that's when Mayor, when all of us got together and, and developed the, the mayor's climate protection agreement which was the implementation of kyoto at, at the city level and one of the interesting things that i found by actually you know reading that that whole uh, pro, uh program was the fact that urban uh planning and urban design is an integral part of fighting the climate, and so it wasn't just about you know let's design um, you know a wider sidewalk for the sake of designing it, but but it's it's really all of a sudden you realize that you know the, the two major contributors you know automobiles um, and and buildings, and so well we're going to have green buildings, you know it's going to be a mandate in the city of my Mi- in the city of Miami, and so we did. And so in, in 2005, we had zero green buildings in the city of Miami, zero. And we went from zero to being a top 10 uh, city
0: in the country. Oh, you're incredible. I mean, I feel like when you talk to people who work on uh, sustainability and resilience issues in Miami, the developers that are in Miami who are leading the charge on this, and I think so often attribute, you know, the leadership that you provide and the vision that you provided. <laughs> Uh, I think of Miami immediately as a city that is probably the loudest about sustainability, resilience and, and the environment in the design and the, and, and the construction the building of, uh, of the community. That's, you've really designed a great city
1: there. Thank you. And, and it wasn't... Uh, you know, that wasn't our history. Like I said, we, we had zero. I mean, when I started talking about green buildings, some people thought I wanted to paint buildings green. Right. <laughs> That's how ignorant we were about the area. But But if you think about it... It is about making a city that that designing a city that works right. because if you design a city that works part of that is that you get people out of cars and so you know again attention to details there's nothing that excites me more every morning uh, when i see like a bunch of cyclists right you know driving their their cycles or, or a little moped or walking or taking public transit uh to work uh because it's like, yeah, this is what was meant to happen. And, and do you think that the by
0: by making it such a cycling friendly town, a walkable town in this, you know, really attractive city. And you mentioned in your book uh, the news that was generated in the 1980s, the Time magazine article about the safety, making it a much more safe town in in, in your tenure and since. Did that help you sustain that talent that you were talking about rather than seeing people flee? I'm assuming the answer is yes. but uh, Absolutely.
1: So- uh, not, not, only, not only did we sustain the talent, I mean, we promoted um, Miami. If, if you look at the urban core, 135 high-rise buildings were built in my eight years. Wow. That's, re- that's remarkable. I mean, you think about it, eight years, that's a uh, Ninety-six months, right? Wow. <laughs> so more than one a month that I was either cutting a ribbon or topping off or or uh, doing a groundbreaking. Incredible. Uh, and and I and that is yeah. And now what you see when you go through the urban core is uh, young families with a stroller and and their kids or walking their dog. Um, and this was a city where at six o'clock or five o'clock we shut down. I mean, you turned off the lights in the urban core, and everybody went out to suburbia. Uh, and now it's it's all the contrary. I mean, we have—I I don't know the latest count, but it's it's—I think it's over a hundred thousand people now just living in you know the downtown. Uh, core. Incredible, and the
0: art scene there is so attractive. I know that that's something. <laughs> As a small employer, uh, is very attractive to me. I'm sure that larger employers attribute that to being part of the greater culture of a community uh, that yeah. would attract people. You you, you worked uh, pretty significantly on on growing and and really promoting your art, arts and culture scene.
1: Yeah, and and that was actually that was actually the fifth problem uh, because it is it is hard it is it is hard to really build a a sustainable city art is about the fabric of our society, you know, art, I mean, you know, first of all, ask yourself when you, when you travel, um, generally, you know, the first thing you look for is some sort of cultural, you know, a museum, um, you know, or a park, uh, but, but certainly a museum. And, and, and because it is, you know, it, it, it's, it's what, it's what defines a city. It, it talks about, you know, it speaks to the fabric of that city. Uh, it connects today with the past. I mean, when you, when you, you yeah, know, I mentioned the Louvre. When you go to these, you know, the great museums uh, around the world. I mean, it. You, you, you look and you go, you know, think about it. There was no, there were no iPhones, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> there were no, no cameras. So our connection to what the world used to look like. Is because someone got a commission from a very wealthy person back then, or or a church, or somebody said, "Here, you know, paint a you know, paint a picture of, of Michelangelo." <laughs> I mean, it was like, and and that's all we know. And so, um, it's it's transcendental, and it, it really is the connection that we have as a human race uh, to you know, what things look like thousands of years ago. And you really did.
0: You know, so you transformed a city and you've provided this great best practice model. It, it truly is a city that is filled with best practices and, and can be viewed as a, as a best practice uh, example for other cities. One of the ways that you're able to tell the story of Miami is through the network of mayors uh, with whom you worked. And 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 you did that probably at the very top of uh, of the pyramid uh, of, of mayors uh, through the U.S. Conference of Mayors. That looked like it was just a um, just an incredible group of minds coming together and sharing learned experiences. Did you find that to be
1: the case? Oh my God, I, you know it's 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 probably you know it, it, certainly in the top five of the best decisions I made. You know, in office um, for for two reasons. Uh, first and foremost, it's difficult to find a mayor, and I had the opportunity to work not just with U.S. mayors, but Foreign mayors from Europe, Latin America, uh, even China, uh, and it's it's so interesting. Yes, you know we we come from different systems and and different severity of challenges, but the challenges are all the same. You know the the only difference is the number of zeros uh, after your city, you know, in, in your city's budget. But but you're everybody's dealing with the same things. So you have when I got on there, for example, you know, Rich Daly, Mayor Daly from Chicago was one of my go to persons. I had read all the history about the Daly family in Chicago, and and he was certainly up there as, you know, as one of the best in the country, you know, when I when I got elected. So I you know, you're you're like a little child. Uh, learning how to speak, you're in awe of, of these people um, because they've been through it. They've done it. You know, for for example, if, if you, you might remember in the book, one of the biggest issues facing that I had in terms of a uh, you know a livable city concept was I had abandoned cars all over the city. I don't know what had happened, but talk about somebody not paying attention. You drove through. Practically every neighborhood in the city, and there was an abandoned car either on the street or on you know somebody's front yard or a side yard, uh, and and I made that a priority. So I remember one of my first conversations with Mayor Daly was I said, you know, I, I've obviously seen what you've done over the course of the last, I guess, 15 years. At that point, since he had been in office, I said, but what did you see the first, you know, the first week? What was your big issue? He goes, abandoned cars, and I thought to myself. Okay, I've been to Chicago a bunch of times. It never occurred to me that abandoned cars were ever a problem in in Chicago. But lo and behold, yes, it was. And and so, you know, how did you deal with it? And then, you know, I started through that whole process with with him, and we got rid of all ours. And, and, and you know, the impact on neighborhoods is, is incredible. So, yeah, I mean, and I could give you lots of other examples. I oh, mentioned yeah. you know, Mayor Bloomberg and a bunch of mayors around the country that uh, – uh, that we just sit there and it's it's just it's an education. And you and
0: continue you continue to mentor mayors. I mean, I've seen you in action since leaving office. You're still very involved, and you're talking to mayors from different parts of the country because they're still learning from the things that you did uh, with Miami. I think it makes me view the network of American mayors as being and I'm probably biased here, but being more effective than all the other layers of government that we have right now, that mayors and local government are making things happen.
1: Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, in fact, even when I was in office, I had a rule uh, with my staff. If, if a mayor calls, you put the call through. I don't care if you, I don't care if you've never heard the city <laughs> Heard, heard of the city before, whether it's an American city or a foreign city, if there's a mayor on the phone, he gets through to me. And and uh, and I, I take you know great pride in that because that was there for me. And so it's kind of like a family. It's you know, you pass it on from from generation to generation. And to this day. Uh, I still talk to many mayors, there are a number of mayors. The, the current president of the US Conference of Mayors, for example, took my education program, which is called the Education Compact, and implemented it in, in Louisville, Kentucky. The, the now senator from Colorado, uh, Hickenlooper, Senator Hickenlooper, who went on to become governor and now senator, Uh, took my urban design program and implemented it in Denver. I took stuff from daily. I took stuff. So, you know, one one thing we're not afraid of is to plagiarize Yeah, because if if somebody's already done it and they've done it well, sure. You always filter it because every city is different, but the concepts and the implementation are, are, are key. And and you see how, plus listen, mayors evolve. So it's like, you may not get it right the first time, try again try a third time you know so it, it cuts out though don't do it this way i know you want to get here but don't don't let not be this the, the first step right? right and so that it saves you you know making the errors that, that that we all invariably make when we're trying something and get to your goal faster. So, I mean, it's just a, it was just an incredible experience. And like you said, uh, one of the things I probably, there's one thing I miss from being mayor is hanging out with the other mayors. <laughs> yeah, And I, and I still, I still sort of
0: do. And you do. I've seen you. And I and I think they appreciate your continued leadership and, uh, you know, your continued wisdom. And I think, you know, uh, without you, so many cities wouldn't be doing better. I will tell you that from you know one of the two mayors I work with, uh, Mayor Wynn here in Austin, certainly was much more involved in the environment after signing that mayor's uh, climate protection agreement, right. after, you know, learning from you about the importance of uh, green building, uh, more sustainability. And I think we uh, tried to implement that here in Austin. And I'm sure they did that in other cities as well. Yeah. Oh Mayor Wynn was one of my favorites. Yeah. So, well, yeah, absolutely. Well mayors can definitely learn from you local people who are interested in local government and local issues can learn from you you can find a copy of Miami Trans, uh, transformed online uh it's a it's it's a great read You know, it's actually it's kind of funny when, you know, oftentimes when we're reading things about local government, it's not always a lot of fun. This is
1: actually a fun read. So (laughs) thanks. we really appreciate you. I thank you very much. I try to make it conversational so that it'd be an easy read. Yeah. Also.
0: Well, thanks for being with us. We look forward to seeing you at the U.S. Conference of Mayors and uh, we look forward to seeing your continued
1: leadership with local government around the country. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate your support and your friendship through the years.